0: The Cardinals have a very strong farm system, which was on display in the Arizona Fall League. And today we'll be joined by one of those prospects who was a part of it all. Outfielder Mike Antico joins us today on Locked on Cardinals. You are locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffron. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Louvre and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at L.O. underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. If you're on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Now, it's always nice to have a guest join us on the podcast, especially when it's someone who is actually a part of the St. Louis Cardinals organization. And today, we've got one of the team's top outfield prospects on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Mike Antico, everybody. What up, Mike? (laughs) Hey, J.D., thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for hopping on today, buddy. Um, where are you right now since this is technically the offseason? Are you in the the home area or are you somewhere else?
1: Yeah, I'm home in New Jersey. I'm actually training right now at uh, our facility, a Sun Athlete in Pennsylvania.
0: Oh, very nice. Um, growing up in New Jersey, uh, other than baseball, what kind of uh, other interests did you have uh, growing up there?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Honestly, baseball was really my only interest growing up. Um, I think that is really what helped me get to where I am now. I didn't really waste too much time doing anything else. But in my free time, I love going to the beach, you know, hanging out with family, that type of stuff. But in terms of sports, baseball was the only sport I really played growing up.
0: Now uh, about a week week and a half ago we talked to uh, one of your teammates Gordon Grisefo, who was from Wayne New Jersey yeah. uh, where where is that because I I've never actually been to Jersey I've been to New York but never over to the other side of Jersey uh, where is that compared to where you grew up
1: Yeah I'm about um, smack in the middle of New Jersey maybe 15 20 minutes from the beach uh, Wayne is more North Jersey more towards the city so but not far Gordon probably lives maybe 40 minutes from me, so um, it's cool that, you know, we played each other in college and stuff, and to uh, be playing on the same team now is pretty cool.
0: Did you uh, ever get the best of Gordon when you guys went up against each other? I don't remember ever facing him in college, um,
1: but... I mean, maybe spring training this year. We'll see. All
0: right. Uh, So uh, you mentioned baseball being your top priority. Uh, Did you have – what was your favorite team, favorite player growing up as a youngster?
1: Yeah, like most people from my area, I grew up a Yankees fan. And uh, Derek Jeter was my guy, of course. I mean, just the way he carried himself and the way he went about his business. And, you know, he was a true champion, so I just always admired that about him.
0: Nah, I mean, he's the captain, right? I mean, the you captain. got you got to root for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gordon said the same thing, that he was of a Yankees course. fan growing up and that it of was course. Jeter was the guy that uh, that he followed mostly. Uh, what are your thoughts on what the Yankees are doing? Uh, what, what, if Aaron Judge gets away from the Yankees, how's that going to make you feel inside as a Yankees fan at heart?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's great for the Yankees, <laughs> great for baseball. But I mean, it, it's a business, you know, so you never really know what's going to happen. But I'm sure it'll work out.
0: Uh, You mentioned that some of the stuff you like to do uh, in your time not playing is uh, going to the beach. Uh, What about things like uh, music, movies? Do you have any favorites that uh, you enjoy listening to or watching?
1: Yeah, I'm kind of old school when it comes to that stuff. I like the older movies and some, I love music, you know, all types of music, some old music too, but, you know, just classics like Goodfellas. The Godfather, any Martin Scorsese film, I'm really into. I like uh, Quentin Tarantino's films as well. I've probably I've seen them all, so there that type go. of stuff
0: um now i obviously one of the things that you like to do if anybody's seen photos of you or video of you is the fact that you you take good care of yourself uh, when it comes to lifting weights and getting into the gym uh do you have any tips for any younger players who uh, may be watching on how to stay motivated to get to the weight room because that's kind of half the battle is just getting there in the first place
1: yeah I think it's really important to build that foundation now that you know I'm getting a little older like every year the workouts are going to be a little different, but as a young player, definitely, I mean, I was working out twice a day, just building my foundation, not even doing anything crazy, just getting like that base strength that you need. And I think that really carries on as you get older. Um, So that's really it. I mean, I, I always went in with the mindset that there's always someone working harder, you know? So like I said, I try to get in there twice a day and and just do everything I can. There's just no way around
0: working hard. You just mm-hmm. it's something you've got to do if you want to be great. Uh, at what age did you start really getting into the the weightlifting aspect of being mm-hmm. an athlete?
1: Yeah. My uncle was a personal trainer, and when I was young, we started with a lot of just plyometric stuff, push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, lunges, all that type of stuff. I started that in about probably seventh or eighth grade, like, not getting into the weights yet and then once i got into high school started um you know light light weights and then once i got into college i started getting a little heavier and heavier and then at this point now i'm more so just trying to i've built that foundation like i said and more so now just trying to move better and you know mobility and just being able to get
0: the most out of my body yeah, always a key because uh, one of the things that we know, especially with baseball, you guys play so many games and you're mm-hmm. always uh, active with it. Is that uh, you know sometimes you can overbuild. You know you don't want too much mass where you know right. you're pulling muscles and stuff. So it's a uh, right. it's a it's a slippery slope because you know in the gym you're like you know you're working out as hard as you can at the same time you sometimes got to hold yourself back a little bit and go hold on maybe it's, this isn't the smartest thing. Uh, yeah. One thing that is really smart is to to keep a, a nice diet thanksgiving week is this week uh is this gonna be a cheat week for you or is it uh, are you are you staying true to uh to the diet the everyday routine
1: well you know growing up both my parents cooked and they're unbelievable cooks so i've been eating great my whole life and i really think that has something to do with how i ended up growing just they fed me wonderfully so <laughs> I'm going to eat like a king tomorrow or on Thursday. Yeah. I promise you that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, as an uh, Italian dishes, obviously you like the Italian movies. So you have a favorite dish that uh, mom or dad used to make when you were growing up that you still are like, dude, I can't wait to get home and have that.
1: Yeah. It, it's hard to pick because there's so many, but um, linguini with clams, like mm-hmm. I always get excited to come home for that. You know, it's tough on the road, not, you know, not getting to eat so great. So when I
0: come home... I definitely look forward to the good the good food for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to your college career. You, you started St. John's, which is still mm-hmm. up in the Northeast, and then you end up transferring down to Texas, which is nowhere close to mm-hmm. where you grew up and where St. John's yeah. and everything is. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe tell us a little bit about uh, what that was like getting, uh, you know, transferring all the way down south. Uh, was that a kind of a, a drastic move for you, or was it something that you definitely look forward to? Because Texas obviously a big program.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I was at St. John's, I never thought about transferring. Um, I loved it there. I loved my coaches, my teammates. And then, you know, COVID came and it threw everybody for a loop. Um, So at the time I just needed to make a move, you know, and I was just reaching out to whatever resources I had. And ultimately I got hooked up with the coaching staff at, at Texas. And, you know, the rest is history. It was the best thing that ever happened to me by far. Um, Like you said, it was very unusual. You could have given me a million guesses to where I'd end up and I would never have said the university of Texas. (laughs) So uh, I was just very blessed to get that opportunity. And, and it definitely was a drastic move, but they made it very easy for me. You know, they brought me in with open arms and just really made me feel very comfortable from the get go, even though, you know, I was different than a lot of the guys. A lot of the guys are, from texas growing up from texas and i'm like a jersey guy coming down just totally different yeah uh, but they did a
0: great job bringing me in and uh making me feel like i was at home and it doesn't hurt when you guys are winning the way you did when you were at Texas you guys end up going to the college world series uh, yeah. how was that how was that experience because uh being a guy who played in college as well you know that's what you're kind of dreaming about is like dude i want to i want to get to the series with my team and then you guys yeah. make it and have a successful run uh tell us about the college world series
1: yeah it was the most amazing experience ever like you said it was it's every college baseball player's dream is to go to omaha and it's really not easy to do, but we had a great team. Um, we had a great coaches. Um, our head coach Dave Pierce, our assistant coaches uh, Philip Miller and um, Troy Tulowitzki is who I would give the most, you know, credit to. Tulo really just shaped my game and all of our games like more than words could ever um, really describe. But you know, I think that staff really led us there just by the way we worked all year. Like we knew that was our goal to get to Omaha. And I think that's where the success came from. We were all on the same page from day one. We're not here to make a regional or make a super regional. We're here to go to Omaha and win. Mm -hmm. We came up a little short, but you know, it was, it was still unbelievable playing in front of 30,000 people is just unexplainable, man. It, it seems like, it's the biggest thing before the big leagues. Yeah. You know, yeah. When you get into minor league baseball, it kind of calms down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And then once you get to the, the show, it seems like it'll be that huge environment again. So I, I'm glad I was able to experience it, you know, before making it up and being able to play in front of that many people on that stage was definitely good.
0: Yeah, I mean, most people are familiar when it comes to college sports and tournaments. Obviously, the uh, the basketball tournament, and yeah, it's difficult. But the the road to the College World Series is crazy. Like how yeah. many games and innings these teams have to play because nobody pays attention to like the regionals and the super. They don't, nobody realizes how much you guys have to play to get to that point to make it to Omaha in the first place. And then you got to jam all the games within a week, and, and it's really really tough for baseball players and for managers to figure out how many arms we got left to throw these innings and stuff. So, um, yeah, if people get a chance to uh, watch any of the College World Series and stuff this upcoming year, just know how difficult it is for teams to to get to that point of the season. Now, after your success in Texas, you end up getting drafted by the Cardinals, and I want to discuss that and your time in the minors next. We'll do that here on Locked on Cardinals. But first, Let's talk about betonline.net, your number one source for sports, betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix on whichever sport you're interested in. Last night, Monday Night Football, 49ers, 10-point favorites, took care of business, and then some against the Arizona Cardinals in Mexico City, stomping them in front of that national audience. So, if you took the 49ers and then the over, you made out quite nice last night. And, and it's just that easy. That's how easy you can win. Black Friday coming up. You need to get a, a little extra dough to buy, I don't know, like an electric toothbrush or something for your sister. Grab some video games for the kids, uh, jewelry for, the, for mom or the wife or girlfriend. Let your sports knowledge help you out. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we're back with Mike and Tico joining us today. We want to thank you guys for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so successful years. St. John's, good. Texas, great. Next step, Mike, you get to the pros. You get drafted in the eighth round by St. Louis. And uh, I asked Gordon this question as well, because draft day for baseball is way different than what people see for the NFL. You know, it's all the glitz and the glamour, and they got all this going on. And uh, baseball drafts totally different. It's a lot longer, a lot more rounds. And uh, what were you doing on draft day when you got the call that they had taken you? And was it much of a surprise that it was the Cardinals that were on the other uh, line picking you?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I was actually with one of my teammates. Um, We decided like the last few years we had sat there and watched all the all the rounds. And I was like, you know, let's change it up this year. Let's take a long drive. So it was funny. He's actually from St. Louis and we were hanging out in St. Louis. And then once the draft started, we had a plan to drive all the way back to New Jersey to kill some time. And so we don't have to sit in front of the TV and watch the draft. Um, So we stopped in uh, Chicago and, and then stopped in um, Ann Arbor, Michigan for the night. And the following day is when I, when I got the call from the Cardinals in the eighth round. And um, it was great that we were together because me and him have been playing together for a long time, you know, and we, it's obviously something you always talk about um, but I was I was surprised it was the Cardinals. Um, but I was very happy when when I got that call. And um, my friend even got recorded the whole thing. So so it was cool. And, you know, the the next part of that was that now we had to wait for him to get drafted. And right. so we had <laughs> and it didn't happen that day. So we had to sleep on it. And uh, but he ended up getting picked in the, the 15th round the next day. So it all worked out, but we were sweating for a minute there, for sure. <laughs> but it was just me yeah. and him. I, I wasn't even with family or anything. You know, I just kind of wanted to disappear for for a few days and not really think about it or worry about it too much. And, you know, it, it kind of just happened. So it was nice.
0: I can imagine, like, the because you've got the anticipation going on, and then as other picks continue to go, and you're like, oh, boy, how long yeah. is this going to take? And, you know, yeah. yeah, I can see I, that'd be torture. That's got to be torture, sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah, and then with to be with your buddy, I guess you couldn't really like celebrate too much because you're like, yes. oh no, you'll you'll get picked soon. Don't worry. And then you're like, oh man, oh yeah. man. Right. <laughs> okay, my exactly. mom, my moment's passing by here, bro. I I need to say, you know, be happy about something. A high five, something like that. Yeah. Can I get it <laughs> Yeah. All right. Now, in your own opinion, um, mm. you get drafted. What are the biggest assets for people who aren't familiar with you? You're, you're talking to a new audience right now, and they may not have done any research have no idea what you do. Uh, what are your biggest assets as a player in, in your opinion?
1: Yeah. I mean, just my ability to get on base. And when I get, get on base, just taking advantage of it, stealing second base, stealing third base. Anytime I'm on, I'm trying to go. And ultimately that just leads to me scoring a lot of runs and, and winning games that's what i like to do besides that you know i played mainly center field this year so um i feel like i did pretty well out there i i made i think 99 percent of the plays which was which was good and and i had a pretty good season at the plate you know it was my first full season so like trying to figure some things out and trying to figure out how to um navigate you know 500 something at bats that i got um but you know I'm able to drive the ball and and get on base, steal bases, play the field. So I try to do a little bit of everything, but really just try to win. That's you know that's what how I was you know taught to play. Just try to win the game. You're gonna play your best, um, and that's really what's been working for me.
0: Uh, you hit two, you hit 10 home runs your senior year at Texas. Then you popped six more at Palm Beach. And then you had 14 combined this season in your time uh, at Peoria and Springfield. Before that, though, not n- as much power. Has uh, yeah. there been anything in particular that has led to uh, the the extra home runs? Has it been launch angles? Any kind of that nerdy stuff that we hear about That's on TV nah. that, that has led to you lifting the ball a little more?
1: No. Nah, I mean, we're very... You know, it is a scientific thing, but it wasn't analytics that, you know, helped me, you know, find that power. Like I mentioned before, I was really uh, working with Troy Tulewitzki. Um, He just changed my, you know, he he changed my swing. And, and um, you know, when I first got to him, he kind of just let me do my thing through fall ball. And I did very well. You know, and at the the end of it, he said, listen, this is good now and it works. But, you know, I want you to play in the big leagues. I want you Mm -hmm. to be able I want this to be able to work in the big leagues for 10 years. So, you know, we made adjustments and stuff and, you know, some uncomfortable times just trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, my hands up here, hands down here or whatever it may be. So just some swing changes, I would say, um, Mm -hmm. led to me being able to get the most out of my swing. And I mean the difference definitely showed, which was which was great to see.
0: And it's kind of cool to have somebody like a Troy Tulowitzki, you know, multiple time all-star during his prime, considered probably the best shortstop in the game at that time. A lot of a lot of a lot of times, you know, Cardinal fans were like, Get Tulo out of Colorado, bring him to St. Louis. That was were they uh, saying that back then? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They wanted it bad. Oh, wow. the Cardinals are always poaching the Colorado Rockies for star players. Larry, Walter, yeah, Nolan, so that Nolan Arenado, Yeah. And then back then it was like, we got to get too low. And then ended up getting shipped to uh, Toronto, I believe. And everybody was Perfect. kind of like, oh, man, what happened? How did we lose yeah. out on, on Troy here? Uh, yeah. You mentioned uh, getting on base and uh, stealing bases. You had 67 of those this year, which is an eye popping stat. Uh, in this day and age, where the stolen bases are a lot lower, I mean, you got the the top guys in the in the major leagues are stealing forty, maybe, and mm-hmm. you're you're going sixty-seven. Uh, what what are some of the keys for you uh, when it comes to stealing bases? Because the Cardinals over the years have enjoyed a, a base stealer or two with guys like Willie McGee and Vince Coleman, uh, Tommy yeah. Edman, one of the top guys uh, as well. What is it for you that uh, you know? besides just speed just pure speed what is something else that may lead to you being able to steal more bags than other guys
1: yeah so i guess we're trying to change that we're trying to bring base stealing back a little bit Um i
0: love it by the way <laughs> i think it's awesome put the pressure on Let's the defense go. on the pitcher on the catcher That's do right. it i love it
1: it works it works um you know one of the biggest things for me was just doing my homework really you know like You know, they have all these, you know, analytics, like you say, and all this technology and everything and video. So really the biggest jump for me was just doing my homework, looking into these pitchers and and um, seeing what they do. And, um, you know, everyone's got tendencies, just like every time I get in the box, I, I tend to do the same thing. Pitcher will be the same way every time he gets on the mound, you know, whatever it may be. And I just try to spot these things and then and then capitalize on them um besides the speed it's really the jump you know it's the it's the first step so in my off season and my training i really just try to work on that initial jump that first step and um i think that if i could get three or four steps in before he releases the ball it um i have a pretty good shot at, at getting the bag so you know i've got it i've got it down pack pretty good but you know it's still learning you learn so much every, every game every Every, uh, every opportunity you get. So, uh,
0: when it comes to sliding, you see a lot of dudes make some really bad slides in the major leagues. It's like, they've never done it before. You see a guy like Trey Turner, who's got like the smoothest slide in the world. And then you see other guys that are tumbling into second base and whatnot. Uh, are you a feet first slider or do you like to, to go head first? Like Ricky Henderson style. Mm -hmm.
1: I love Ricky Henderson, but I'm going (laughs) feet first every single time, just because, that's that's how i do it um a majority of guys go head first but i'm able to beat the throw feet first so you know that's just what's comfortable for me i've done it my whole life and you know i think sometimes head first you have some adjustability where you could swim move or something like that but if i'm going to beat the throw i could just get in feet uh feet first and i don't have to like avoid any type of tag or anything um
0: uh, and I'm always yelling at the TV, too, when I see guys do the head first. I'm like, first off, how rough that is on your body, yeah. jumping and diving into it. But you put the hands, which are very important in the game of baseball. Right. And you put those at risk every time. Fingers, shoulders, like all of that is put to risk because you put it in the path of a ball. The other players spikes, all of that coming in at your hands and stuff. And it's dangerous. And I still don't understand why some guys stick with that. When you go feet first, you got the pop up slide. That you can use, and then immediately hit the bag and go to third if the ball that's goes not right, center field. Right. It just makes a lot more sense, and I have no idea why people still do head first. It's weird to me.
1: I go feet first, so I don't, I, I couldn't tell you, but
0: yeah, <laughs> it's because you're a smart guy, Mike, and these there other guys go. stupid, stupid. <laughs> uh, another guy that's uh, on the Cardinals right now, and I'm curious if you get any comparisons to him because of you know the physique that you carry. You've got the speed, Tyler O'Neal. Do you get do you hear that very often from people? I've heard him once or twice and I was
1: able to meet him in uh, the Arizona Fall League, which was, well, I met him in spring training last year a little bit, but got to spend a little more time with him in Arizona because he came down for a game, you know, contingent on the Cardinals winning, you know, that playoff game. And then he would have went out um, to play for the team. So um, listen, if I could be, you know, nearly as, good as T.O. I'll be, I'll have a nice career. You know, he's one of the most talented guys um, I've ever been around. Um, and I know I look strong, but that guy is double strong. He is um, he is uh, a freak of nature, I would say, but yeah, I've gotten the comparison once or twice.
0: I was going to say, so I'm kind of a, a big fan. I'm a proponent of Mr. There O'Neal, you go. So there you go. I got his, I got his goods right here. Perfect. And this was the uh, the the early number forty-one before he ended yeah. up switching it up. I was going to say I don't remember him wearing forty-one. <laughs> Those are his first couple of years with the Cardinals, and, and then he switched it up. But uh, I'm uh, a, I'm a huge fan of uh, what we like to call him Bro Neil on this on the show, and. Okay. Uh, He's just so good in so many ways, and I, I just I always gotta stick up for him because people bag on him for oh he's hurt and this. I'm like he's not doing it on purpose, you guys. Yeah. Like he's trying to be good, you know. he's of coming off uh, an almost MVP caliber season, so you yeah. know, cut the guy, cut the guy a little slack. All right. Yeah. Um, You got promoted to Springfield this year, which had a, a, a lot of talent on that roster. We talked yeah. about Gordon Graceffo, Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, some big time prospects in the system. Uh, what's your scouting report on guys like uh, Jordan Walker to see this guy, this kid, really, you know, he's 20 years old doing what he's doing right now. And, uh, you know, you just see his his, you know, angle to get to the pros it's uh it's coming up pretty quick uh wh- what can you tell us about jordan and mason
1: yeah um they're both very impressive you know i i love playing with them i think the three of us have a have a good thing going you know we have some good camaraderie and we we bounce off each other you know during the season for the most part it was me batting lead off mason second and walker third um so we always had a good time just getting after it and winning games and, and playing well. But um, Jordan Walker is one of the best talents I've ever seen in my life. And it's crazy that he's 20 because I remember when I was 20 and I was, like, not even close to where he's at. So he's he's way ahead of his time. Um but, you know, just still trying to get better, still learning. And, and you know, we work together a lot. Um, Mason also, another, like, unbelievable talent this this guy's got an arm like you've never seen and he doesn't always pull it out but he pulls it out when he needs it and, and it works and you know he caught a little backlash or whatever for him trying to throw so hard across the the infield or whatnot but it, it plays in the game like mm-hmm. you, you might have seen that play he made in the Fall stars game where he kind of bobbled the ball which is going to happen and and he was able to chuck it over there and get the guy in time like an average arm isn't, isn't going to throw that guy out. So, right. um, I mean, I love, I love the both of them They're I li- we live together in, in Arizona and, um, we love playing together. So I'll be seeing them soon. I'll be seeing them. We're going to go down to spring training probably sometime in January and, and, uh, and get back to work.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Mason's arm, uh, you know, obviously playing the the shortstop position, getting balls over into the hole and being able to, you know, get it across the diamond in time to get guys. And let's be honest, you know, people think that stuff's really, really cool. The stat cast stuff is uh, that's the era we're in now. And you saw all the attention that O'Neill Cruz got for the Pirates this year for just throwing it across the diamond at 95, 96 miles an hour. And Mason's got that arm. I actually asked Gordon. I was like, who's? got a better arm you or Mason and he had to hesitate for a minute he goes well where are we throwing it from am I on the mound or am I at shortstop and I'm like well let's go from the mound he's like well then I'm better than he is don't even Uh, listen to it he'll give a he'll
1: Mason would beg beg to differ but I guess I don't know he's it's a different arm it's electric you know and it he's like a whip the kid so I mean he throws the ball 100 miles per hour I mean, I guess Gordon does too. Yeah, it'd
0: be a good competition.
1: It'd be a good competition for sure.
0: Well, let's put something in your terms. Who's faster on the bases? Because Mason's known to steal a bunch of bags too. Are you faster than Mason? Wynn? he'll tell he'll tell you he'll, he'll tell you that. But <laughs> it,
1: uh, it's a different a different type of speed, I would say. He's so quick and and fast yeah. twitch, you know. And I'm more of a dead sprint. Um, you know, he's a right-handed hitter. I'm a left-handed hitter, so. I'll get down the line a little quicker than him, you know, but it's, it's gotta be very close. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's, I'm not going to say that I'm losing that race, but um, (laughs) you know, what I worry about is getting down to the first base bag. So, you know, I have an
0: advantage being left-handed, but that's just how it goes. Now, it's just great that the organization's got talented guys like you guys in so many different ways where, you know, arms, speed, power with Jordan, which is what you want. You know, you want to have a, a little bit of everything, which is uh, yeah. how you win ball ballgames. Uh, we're talking with Cardinals outfield prospect Mike Antico today, who is a uh, finally actually getting some time off from actually playing the game of baseball. You're still working out and stuff, but uh, I say that because your season didn't end in Springfield when a lot of people's did you end up, as you mentioned, being a part of the Arizona fall league this year for people who aren't familiar with the AFL. Uh, how do you end up getting to play there?
1: Yeah. So basically each organization is going to pick five or six guys and send them to that. You know, they pick you and, for whatever reason it might be, maybe they want you to get more bats. Maybe, you know, you just had a great season and they want to, uh, you know, reward you and, and cause it is an honor to go and play in that league. So each team will send five or six guys. And then, and then there's six teams out there and they're all made up of the five or six guys from each different team. So I was with the salt river rafters. Um, obviously it was the Cardinals, the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Blue Jays, the Tigers, and then maybe I'm missing one or two, but then the next team would be the Yankees, the athletics and so on and so forth. So mm. it was a really cool dynamic of the league and being able to meet all the great players and all the guys you, you know, you're seeing highlights of during the season and, and just really the best players in the country all getting together in, in, uh, in Arizona and playing, uh, a, a thirty-game season. It w- it was a blast. It, w- it really
0: was. So, one of uh, the the great highlights that that I saw over the time in the AFL was you hitting a bomb to right center, and uh, it was one of the no doubters. And I, I also noticed in some of your college highlights, uh, you have a pretty good bat flip, Mike. Where where does the bat flip come from? Or is it just <clears throat> just all natural, and it just is able to come out of the hand so good? Yeah yeah i
1: guess i don't know it's just in the moment i don't know it's it's not something i think about or or try to do um yeah i just try to you know it's just in the moment it just happens type of thing and you know there's nothing like hitting a home run you know so those are moments you always always remember and uh everyone matter everyone counts you know everyone everyone is a is a good feeling so you just try to enjoy it you know i try to take a slow jog around the bases and uh and, and enjoy, you know, because we work so hard all year. You just want to, so when you have those good moments, you want to ride them out as long as you can.
0: Yeah, especially with you. You're normally sprinting everywhere, all over the field, man. Exactly, exactly. So when I can take a jog, I try to take my time. For sure. <laughs> there you go. Uh, once again, you, uh, you were in the AFL with, uh, you mentioned Mason and Jordan. Uh, another guy who got a lot of attention uh, in the AFL ended up getting the Pitcher of the Year award was Connor Thomas. What can you tell us about, Connor, and uh, have you ever had to face him, being that he's normally on your side? Yeah, I've never I've
1: never really had to face him, but um, in, in the fall league was the first time that um, I played behind him, which was a lot of fun because when I'm in center, I'm, I'm right behind him, of course, and I could see the way his ball is moving, which is just super impressive because it looks like it's coming right down the middle, like three quarters of the way there and then it's gone and then it's gone and then it's gone so i mean he's got great stuff and and i think that's really what it is like that ball looks like it's coming in the zone and then it kind of just disappears for a second in and guys really had a hard time you know you know finding finding a finding a hole to 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 get off him but he did great all year he was lights out i love to see it you know he He's a great teammate, and I told him uh, I love playing behind him. I play behind him any day, so it was yeah, fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ended up picking up that uh, cut fastball, and we know a guy that used to be a Yankee named Mariano Rivera who did very well uh, yeah. when he went with that cut fastball. So hopefully Connor will have a uh, more success because he had kind of you know a struggle year during the regular season, but then he figures things out and AFL pitcher of the year. So that was uh, pretty awesome. Um, you see names in the Cardinals outfield. Uh, we mentioned Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newpar, uh, Harrison Bader. Before that, they've got Juan Yepes up there. Alec Burleson, yep. who had a huge year. Uh, what, what do you think it's going to take uh, to see you make that next jump, not only to Memphis next year, but uh, also to get up to the show?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, all great players. I've been watching them. Like, our talent's unbelievable. And then you even mm-hmm. throw Jordan Walker in there now, too, in the outfield. So, We've got some talent pool of outfielders and just in general. Um, for me, you know, it's just consistency. I, I've shown these guys everything I could do, you know, at the plate, on the bases, in the field. So it's just a matter of consistently doing it. And I think that I consistently do it and and uh, we'll be doing a, a major league podcast soon. And you'll be asking me, how was my rookie year? So
0: (laughs) I sure hope so, because as a Cardinal fan for for a really long time, the skill set that you possess is something that Cardinal fans love. Like they love speed. They love hustle. They love all of that good defense, all of that involved. It's not just about sure. Everybody likes the power hitters and stuff here, but the chaos on the base paths is something that cardinal fans have always enjoyed I know I enjoy them uh the years when uh, the Royals were good and winning uh, going to the World Series and stuff I love those teams because it was pitching defense great base running they didn't rely on having to hit a three-run homer to win the game and that's your game is doing yep. those little things that uh you know drive the other team nuts to be honest yep. and uh you know I look forward to seeing you doing more of that in the future in Memphis and not only there, but uh, hopefully in St. Louis one day. All right. A couple Thanksgiving questions and we'll let you get on out of here. Um, uh, what's the household like during the holidays uh, for Thanksgiving? Like do you guys have a big family. Cause you're, you're talking about Italians and you know, they, they like to be around each other a lot. So do you guys got like 40, 50 people coming over?
1: So yeah, that's a good guess. You did good JD. Um, <laughs> my dad's side of the family um, there's six aunts and uncles. I have both my I have all my grandparents, which is a blessing. Um, on my dad's side, I have there's six aunts and uncles and there's sixteen cousin sixteen first cousins if I'm doing the math <laughs> right on that. So that alone we're twenty something, throw the grandparents in, throw a couple yeah, we're looking at thirty something people. For, for <laughs> my mom's family's got a whole crew as well. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge family. And you know, I was so blessed growing up with all these cousins and you know, I have a younger sister that you know I'm gonna see tomorrow. So I you know, family's the biggest thing to me. Um and they've been my biggest support the whole way through. These, you know, I got my grandma. Watching every single one of my games this year, she knows everything. So, um, you know, it's nothing but love for them, and I really appreciate it.
0: That, there's one thing, if I would say, I know COVID really screwed a lot of things up for people, but one thing that that I think that we have taken away from that is we've been able to allow family members like grandparents who can't get to everywhere that they they want to be. We've been able to get them access to uh, all of the games and stuff because they're doing it at the high school level for people now, too, which I thought was really neat so that they don't have to have to struggle trying to get out to the games and stuff. So that's cool that, uh, you know, you can have the family members watching you wherever you're playing at. So that's good stuff. Um, You're allowed to get rid of one Thanksgiving meal staple. So you've got your basics. Which one are you booting from the table? Which one do you think is the gross? I
1: I could do it out the cranberry sauce. I could I could do without it.
0: It's weird, right? It's gelatin. It's weird. I, I don't, don't. I don't need
1: it. Maybe it, like if it's there, maybe. But I don't. I don't need it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it feels like an unnecessary. And it's not sauce. Like it's Jello. Like I don't. I don't understand. don't know. Yeah,
1: I was never <laughs> sure about it. I was never really sure. <laughs> All
0: right, we got Black Friday shopping coming up. Are you yeah. one of those dudes who will get up early and go do any shopping? Are you like, nah? I need sleep. No way. I'll tell you, my mom is the professional. So I just yeah. You know, I just let
1: her do her thing. She'll be calling me all night. Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want this? So she does it. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say mom takes that, and I and I'll be relaxing on Black Friday.
0: Smart move. Smart move. <laughs> all right. Final question. What are we asking Santa for Christmas this year? Are you gonna are you gonna get any new equipment or what? Well, what are you wanting?
1: Well, I've been using the I've been using the same glove that I used at Texas, so I I think it's good. I retire retire that glove because I don't want to beat it up next season. So I, I think I could use a new mitt this year.
0: There you go. There you go. Is there a specific style you like to use?
1: Yeah. You know, I use Rawlings. I use Wilson. But, you know, I just like a, a big glove, usually about a 13-inch. Uh, it looks like a freaking fishing net or something. <laughs> um, yeah, You know, I just uh, – I need to be able to catch everything out there. So the bigger the glove, the better. It kind of – I think it looks like – my Like, my whole torso, it's, like, as big as my torso when I'm out in the field. I see pictures sometimes.
0: I'm like, but, hey, it works, so. Yeah, yeah. If it's gonna get you to run down those balls in the gap and be able to snag them, why, why yeah, not the little shoestring exactly. catches make things easier? I, I totally understand. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast: the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Mike, dude, thank you so much for taking your time out to to join us today. Uh, enjoying the journey that you have going ahead and uh, we can't wait to check you out in Memphis and uh, hopefully get you up to St. Louis and we'll be looking for you in spring training. Obviously we'll, we'll, we'll see you down there too. Uh, when things get started in the spring.
1: All right, JJ. Yeah. Come find me when, when you're down there. I, I'd love to talk again.
0: All right. Happy holidays, Mike. Thank you, JD. All right. That's Mike Antico, everybody. Um, As always, we want you guys to like and subscribe on YouTube, follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. I know Mike doesn't uh, have Twitter, but he's got uh, Instagram. If you guys want to find him on there and follow him there, I'm sure you'd appreciate that. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.